listening to We Watch Movies. I'm Ava. And I'm Jenna. And we watch movies. Um, so this week we watched Penguin Bloom on Netflix. Um, I, Jenna, was this a true story? Because I'm pretty sure it was. I believe it was a true story. Yes, okay, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was a true story, as far as I can tell at the moment. Um, it came out on January 15th, 2021 on Netflix, um, starring Naomi Watts, um, Andrew Lincoln, Jackie Weaver, Rachel House, um, Rachel House, actually, she played, um, she played the, that, that guy in, in Soul, what is it, Terry? Oh, wait. I believe she okay. also I think she also played the grandmother in Moana. Yeah, okay, I heard that. Anyways, um it was uh I I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um I don't Rotten Tomatoes didn't think it was that good. Well, mm, I think it like a 69. That's not. Yeah. I mean, it's a D plus. <laughs> um I don't, but honestly, thinking about this movie, I don't know what they could have done better. To Me like, either. so that that's like a problem I have with Rotten Tomatoes sometimes is they don't like grade it on a scale of like this movie could not have been any better. That means it gets a one hundred. Um, they grade it on a scale of like how good was this movie compared to everything else in the world. Um, which I guess it I guess it makes sense, but also like. With this movie, it's basically saying, "Hey, your your movie, I, I don't think it could have been better unless it was a different movie." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a perfectly serviceable movie, but I mean, it wasn't anything profound or something I like really enjoyed, per se. Yeah. So basically, as a little overview of what the story is. It's this family, it's a, a mother, a father, three sons, they, um, they go on a trip to Thailand, and the mother falls off of a roof, <laughs> um, and she, she breaks her back, and is confined to a wheelchair for the rest of her life, and then they, they find this bird, this magpie, and they name it Penguin, because it's black and white, and they rehabilitate the bird, and so both the bird and the mother, who is Sam, kind of, like, go through a healing process together and Sam learns to find happiness in life while in a um, wheelchair. Um, I Honestly, I did find some moments were really powerful and usually I don't get, like, I was kind of worried that I wasn't going to get that because I did see the Rotten Tomatoes score first. I was like, oh, it's going to be a meh movie. Um, but there were some moments that were just like, that were really powerful, and like, um, God, there was a, she was trying to get out of bed that one time. That was a lot. Yeah. I don't know, but, um, I feel like, I feel like maybe something that held it back was just that the conflict throughout the entire movie was the same thing, but also I don't know how you could have, like, fixed that. But, like, every problem was, oh, she's sad, she's in a wheelchair. But I feel like that's kind of the point. <laughs> I don't know, just, like, for whatever reason, like, the pacing of this movie felt a little weird, because the whole thing revolved around the bird. 
and like the bird's impact on the family that kind of helped it to heal. But like, I don't know, it just didn't work for whatever reason. It just didn't feel fully baked because there were definitely moments in this movie that, like you said, were very well done and like did pack a punch. But I don't know, something about this movie was a little shaky and it didn't really have a strong focus because the movie introduces us first through the lens of one of the sons but then mm -hmm. it's the mother's story but then a lot of this movie if you look at it like it's said that it's done through the lens of the father and i, I was just it, it was a little Wait, weird what? to kind of sort through <laughs> because like okay so if you look up this movie on youtube not on youtube um just on google Okay. And, like, the little one-sentence summary it gives you is, like, a father and his family find solace in an adopted bird. Um, maybe that's just, like, the deeply ingrained male supremacy in our society. <laughs> I don't know, but, like, I don't know, it didn't- I don't think this movie, like, fully, like, buckled down on, like, whose story it wanted to tell. So it kind of just did everything and lost its focus for me. I don't know. That's probably like a really weird critique I have, but I don't know. Something about this movie didn't fully do it for me and it didn't feel right. Something that I got stuck up on watching this movie was the fact that Naomi Watts has basically done this movie before. Um, it was in 2012. The movie's called The Impossible, um, in which Naomi oh. Watts is a mother with a, um, with a husband, and she's the mother to three boys, um, and they go on a trip to Thailand, where tragedy strikes, and, oh yeah, she gets a severe leg injury, um, <laughs> oh no, um, but I thought the impossible was better, because, like, tsunami, falling off a rooftop, I mean, one's a, one's a little bit more dramatic, also, like, I mean, baby Spider-Man, that was pretty great. And then, um, yeah, I, f I, I liked the cast in that one better, because it also had Ewan McGregor in it, and he's pretty cool. Um, this one, like, all the little kids looked the same. Oh my god, how was I supposed to tell the children apart? I'm sorry, I couldn't even do it with subtitles on. Not to mention, so the actual kids that they showed in the picture at the end, they didn't all have, like, these long, weird mops of hair. But no! They, but all of the kids in the movie, they gave them all, like, full heads of hair. <laughs> Why? Maybe because they were kids, they were just like, well, I mean, we can't, like, really do anything, but, like, you can- Wigs exist? Y you can just cut their hair, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, they could just get a haircut. I mean, I don't know how old these kids were. I know, um, in The Impossible, the kids were around the same age, and Tom Holland, who is playing the oldest one, he was literally 16. And the character was, like, 10 or something. I don't know how old the character was. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. But he was literally, like, a 16-year-old playing this, like, tiny child. And so I feel like these kids were probably, like, in their teens or something. Or at least the oldest one probably was, like, at least 13. And, and then, like, he could just cut his hair. I mean, Millie Bobby Brown cut her hair for, um, 11 when she was, like, what, 12? She shaved her whole head for that. But these kids, they just had- So that's- that's what makes me believe that this was some weird director's choice. But it made them all look the same. 
Yeah, no, I could not tell you. Like, if you lined them all up, I could not tell you which one was the important child in the story. Not to mention, like, also drawing parallels between the two movies, Noah and um, Lucas, which is the oldest son in The Impossible, are very similar, and they're both, like, worrying about their mom the whole time, because Lucas is the one that's with his mom, and the others are separated off with the dad. And so, um, they're both, like, worried about the mom the whole time. And, like, honestly, the only difference is Penguin and the fact that, like, this is- uh, the fact that this movie's more of an aftermath movie. <laughs> yeah, and while we're on the topic of the children, Something that like, stuck out, like this is just really weird, but I'm gonna go on a tangent. This is the only place I can express this feeling. But, so, we have the whole thing in, the kids play on the roof of their house a lot in the movie, because like, the, the roof is like, completely flat. Mm -hmm. But like, they skateboard on the roof, and I know that there's a trampoline that they jump on, well, like, that was a little sketchy, given, yeah. like, like, the past of this, like, I, like, like, I understand that you want people to, like, live their lives, and I'm not trying to say you can't do that, but I, I don't know. It felt a, a little weird. The fact that- okay, that there was especially that one scene where he jumped onto the trampoline and did a full belly flop into it, and it was supposed to look super graceful. But, like, have you ever belly flopped on a trampoline like that? It yeah, hurts. No. <laughs> yeah. And he was jumping off a roof onto that. That was not, like- gonna be that graceful i'm sorry <laughs> and like trampolines get old and they fray so if you're jumping from a roof all the time one of these days you're just gonna go through it they also have or you're those, gonna like, land on like the springs like no yeah, they have the not springs. a good idea because the springs have like holes in them and then you could just get completely wedgied and honestly from like a high height you'd probably just get split down the middle by the middle spring yeah, like, I don't know, there were just some parts in this movie where I was- I, I thought too much. Those kids, if they land incorrectly on those springs, that's no grandchildren for Sam. in time when the bird like flew away and only one time were they like concerned because the first time when the bird started like flipping around and flying they were all like yeah be free but then i guess the bird came back at some point which they didn't really show and that was confusing but then um then the bird gets attacked and flies away and they were all sad about it and then the bird was chilling with sam and then flies away and nobody got sad about it, so I don't really understand which, which is, um, why why do they have specific times when they get depressed about Penguin flying away and other times they celebrate it? I don't understand. Yeah, like, that was part of the whole, like, beef that I had because this darn bird, just, it, the feelings around it felt very convoluted and I was like, am I supposed to be happy about this? And I also didn't understand where the bond came from, it kind of felt a little 
forced, like, oh, we're moving on to this part of the movie and we need the characters to feel this way. So, like, when they all started, like, cheering for the bird, I was like, okay, well, this is weird. Like, isn't the bird supposed to be this big part of the movie and now it's leaving? And then I guess it didn't leave. And it became, like, their pet. Even though they wanted it to be free. And then, when it did be free, they were like, oh no, we want it back. And then they found the bird again. And they were happy about that. And I was just very confused, can you tell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciated the bird as, like... A reflection of Sam, like, oh, what, like, it's so weird, it has wings but doesn't fly. And then Sam has legs but doesn't walk. But then the bird started flying. And then I was like, okay, well that kind of defeats the purpose. But I understand that it's like a, a true story. And I, I guess that the, the bird makes sense is like, you know how people have spirit animals or whatever, like, a, an animal comes to a person in their time of need and, and then steers their life on the right course or something. I feel like that's probably at least what um, the Blooms believed Penguin to be um, in some form or another. And I don't know, I think I think it was it was effective at being that. But then at a certain point in the story it kind of stopped being effective and then and then but then it was effective again, but then it wasn't again. You know? And I don't know. I don't I don't know how I felt about it. Yeah, like, they laid it on really thick in the beginning. So that by the end, the bird kind of didn't have any meaning. Yeah, I, I think it just goes back to, like, pacing, you know? I feel like, um, just, just the fact that the whole- the story was framed- and, and the timeline was set the way that it was, it had a lot of, um, the same sort of moping over and over again, like, the same, like, sad parts, just in different contexts, um, and it wasn't, like, like, I feel like they could have squished the sadness a little bit more, and maybe made the happiness at a certain point differently, and then I, I would have liked a little bit more of... Sam before the accident. Like, a little bit more of context there, rather than just, like, narration at the beginning. Yeah, like, can I just say, that narration was boring. I don't know why we always watch movies where there's, like, narration with, like, a bunch of, like, <laughs> photo montages, but it keeps happening. I don't really appreciate it. Like, could we have done, like, anything different than giving us a photo montage with a character that's not even our main protagonist in the movie? Like, can we do something? Like, do a montage of Sam living her life and being so excited that she's going to Thailand, and then you could end it with her falling off of that roof. Like, I feel like that would be a really good way to bring the audience up to speed to what we have here, other than a freaking montage of photos! Yeah, you, you know what, um... You know what movie did do that? They had, like, the context at the beginning that was happy, and then the tragedy struck, and then they timed it a little bit better. Are you gonna say The Impossible? Yes, I am! <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen The Impossible? It is sitting on my DVD shelf. 
staring at me currently. Well, you know what, Jenna? You know what I'm gonna tell you? Hey, I don't know what video I'm making next week, so you know. Make a film theory on how how Naomi Watts is the same person <laughs> in both movies. It's just identity fraud. <laughs> I I remember I was watching a, a YouTube video or something about um it, it was about I believe it was about um the perfect date on Netflix and he it was it's one of those teen rom coms starring Noah Centineo and he made the, the YouTuber I I think it was Alex Myers um he's pretty cool check his YouTube channel out um anyways. He, he was doing a video on The Perfect Date, and he was like, Oh my god, did Netflix just make the same movie with the same guy? <laughs> because he was talking about how, oh my gosh, it's Noah Centineo and this girl, and they pretend to be dating so that they can trick this person into be falling in love with them again or whatever. I don't entirely remember. Uh, you should go watch the video for yourself. It's pretty good, but finish this one first. Um... But yeah, it was like that that's very much what this reminded me of. And and I mean, I'm pretty sure that she can play other kinds of characters. I'm pretty sure she has played other kinds of characters. Like she's been in a lot of stuff. Um but then somehow her career has led her to play like basically the same person once again. Yeah, she was in she was in The Ring. That was a good movie. She was in, um, King Kong, the 2005 version. I don't know if that's a good movie, because I didn't see it. Um, <laughs> there are many movies that she was in. She was in Insurgent and Allegiant. I don't remember who she played. Oh, well, those weren't good movies. <laughs> hey, she was in a movie with Brie Larson. The Glass Castle. I didn't see that, but I don't like Brie Larson, so... Um... Oh, you you just spilled some tea there. I don't know, she's annoying. Uh, I mean, no hate. I'm not hating on her. I just... I'm not... I'm not, like, a fan, I guess. She can, she can exist, and I'm not gonna shame her for that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Did I just say that she has permission to exist? <laughs> okay, but let's not play God now. <laughs> um, but to go off on like what you're saying about how like Naomi Watts is just just played like the same character twice. That's kind of another thing I had with this movie. It didn't feel very original, and like I had this feeling before I realized that it was a true story, so now it's kind of weird to be saying this. But I don't know, even just like as a movie, I feel like there were just things they could have done a little differently to make this movie stand out more. Yeah, because there were some things I liked, like they had a bunch of dream sequences and they did some cool camera shots, but for the most part they kind of forgot about those by the end of the movie, and I was like, well, where'd they go? I liked those. Yeah, they they kind of 
they went for so long without doing anything like that that at the end it startled me because she was just chilling on this mountain and then she just stood up and I was like <coughs> what <laughs> um yeah I, I was like uh where'd this come from did she just get a miracle cure for her life so I was like oh wait it's a dream thing like they did that earlier too like that's a thing that still happens in this movie like <laughs> yeah that that's a thing <laughs> Because I feel like the dreams kind of, like, showed the part of her character that kind of, like, fantasized almost about, like, what could have been or, like, some sort of scenario in which she didn't have to be the person that she was and she could be the person that she wanted to be because they kind of referenced that throughout the film. But I feel like if in order to do that effectively, you would almost have to continue doing it. So then at the end of the movie where she kind of, like, looks at the her that's looking out at the water and standing and like she kind of like shakes her head a little bit like it kind of shows that like she's done pretending that she can be something else and that she kind of is beginning to accept what happened to her and like really heal i don't know if that made any sense but like they kind of just dropped that because you know the bird happened yeah i i i know and then there was like Every once in a while, they would try to make the kids say something, like, profound, you know? Um, which, I mean, I get, like, kids every once in a while might say something profound, and I don't know how much of it was, like, really things that they said. But I remember there was this one part where they had this kid, um, the dad was like, well, this isn't her home, and the kid was like, but we're his home. <laughs> I can't do an Australian accent. I'm really sorry. Um, he said, but we're her home. And um, and they were like, try I, I feel like they were really like leading into that moment. And then there was the other part where Noah in his, um, in his monologuing or whatever was like, she, she's not the person that she wanted to be, but she's awesome <laughs> and I don't know I I feel like it was it was a little bit of um tell not show I guess in that scenario because I feel like with the way that they were detailing the story and I feel like they actually did this well they were really showing how you know she was coming to accept that her life didn't turn out how she wanted it to and she was accepting that and it was fine she was happy with her life after that. I feel like they made that pretty clear for the audience. And I really hate it in movies when they'll like, they'll make something super clear and I'll understand it and then they'll like tell it. And I'm like, um, okay, why'd you have to go and spoil it now? Because now I'm gonna be mad about it. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like, come on people, like make a movie and don't be afraid about people not understanding it because you know what? Technically, your job is to make sure we understand it, but at the end of the day, don't outright tell us that's no fun if we don't understand it. That's why we have film YouTube here to tell us everything afterwards. You you don't need to outright tell us anything. Yeah, I mean, like, trust trust no. the audience because we're so. I mean, some people in the audience can be pretty dumb sometimes, but the like. I mean, if there are people who are setting out to watch specific movies, like, they'll know what what kind of genre they like, you know? And they'll watch that genre, and usually they understand that genre better than somebody who, say, doesn't like that genre. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, 
but so, so like you'll seek out movies that you kind of resonate with and the audience that you're targeting it for is gonna resonate with what you're saying if you did it right but then it, it kind of just like makes it harder to connect with if you're just kind of telling them what you want them to get out of it because I feel like everybody could have gotten something a little different, but also obviously see the main message of the movie. They could see the main, like, intention behind it. But there are also, like, other nuances that they could have picked up that could have connected to their own lives. You know, people who, who say, keep birds and they're really attached to penguin. Or say somebody who was also in an accident and is paralyzed. Or a, a child who blames themselves for something that happened to one of their parents or something. They could have picked up on that. But then you're just, like, forcing this very one obvious thing onto them. Because you don't think they're going to even pick up on that. And I feel like that kind of just, like... I, I don't know, For as an audience member sometimes that just kind of, that's like a, a pet peeve of mine. Because I'm like, do you not trust me? Do you not think I know why I'm here? Or, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and art is supposed to be very, like, subjective. Like, everyone is supposed to take away their own interpretation. And it might not always match the audience member sitting next to them whether that be like six feet apart or whatever or through plexiglass but like i know when i watch something sometimes i'll take away something that like i know not a lot of other people will understand and i and i know that it might not be something that like the creator intended but it's like oh well that's what i get from this it's not your problem it's just what i associate with it and there's nothing wrong with my interpretation because there's no really like wrong or right it's just your experience so it always does get me a little frustrated when creators feel like they have to like put in like a very specific message or narrative when it's like let it breathe and be its own thing and be amazed by what happens yeah especially with um with a movie with such a specific like angle to it i guess because the angle here is that she's in a wheelchair right you know, she was um, able-bodied, and now she's disabled. Um, and I feel like, w with such a specific angle, the first people who are going to come watch this movie are, you know, the people who have been through similar circumstances. And um, they, they probably understand that she's sort of getting to a place where she can accept who she is. And th they've probably been through the same exact thing. So the first people who are gonna watch your movie already kind of understand that, you know? Um, but I did I did like that it was about, um, about a woman in a wheelchair because remember when we had to do, um, to do the disability essay? So, yeah. um... Jenna and I had to do an essay pretty recently in our English class where we read different accounts of people with disability and had to write a paper about it, basically. Um, and one of them was talking a lot about how there's just, like, no representation in media. Well, there's not no, but there, there's very little representation in media of, dis of like, people with disabilities. And, um... I think, I think any kind of representation is good, and so that, that's one, that's one thing that I, I did think set this movie kind of apart, because the main character was, you know, in a wheelchair and stuff, so. 
Yeah, and I like it, how it kind of just focused, like, because there was the whole thing with, like, her learning to kayak, too. And I like how they didn't necessarily choose to focus on her. Because it said at the end, like, in the little, like, title cards at the end, talking about, like, all of their futures, it did say that she went on to, like, become some, like, kayaker sport thing. Mm -hmm. Sports, I don't know. I like how they kind of chose to focus on the more family side of it and her healing and coming to terms with what happened to her rather than like her becoming like the kayaker because I don't know it just felt more personal almost yeah I see I I kind of forgot that it was a true story a little bit until the very end when we got those word cards and I gotta remember that it was a true story and I was like whoa this was a true story that's that's cool but also, I every time I watch a true story movie, I'm like, I don't know if I would ever want my story to be, like, a movie, but also I feel like that would be cool. You know, I, I never, I, I always think about, like, what it's like for these people when their their stories like on um on Netflix or something like like this woman Sam Bloom is somewhere and there's a Netflix movie about her <laughs> and Naomi Watts was her and like they have this whole thing and like these very vulnerable moments of her life are like in the universe now and I, I'm sure she I'm sure she's I, obviously she's okay with it because they wouldn't be able to do it if she wasn't but like I don't know, I feel like that's such a surreal thing. It's like, these strangers know so much about you. Yeah, and I mean, you brought up the point of, like, what would it be like to have your own? And, like, first of all, like, there's nothing to tell, <laughs> like, I mean. My life's interesting because I live it, but, like, no one else would find it interesting. Like, what did you do today? Like, uh, I don't know, I read a book. <laughs> like, I mean, it's what you make it. And I don't think it would make a Hollywood movie at the moment. But, you know, maybe someday. <laughs> Hopefully not. Don't live in interesting times. I'm telling you right now, as we live in interesting times, avoid it. Don't I'm sorry, do it. don't you mean unprecedented times? <laughs> that word. You see, because I liked using that word before all of this, and now it's used all the time. And it's like... Oh. Can we please get a thesaurus, people? That or, um, these uncertain times. Get that one a lot. Listen, these times aren't uncertain. We're certain that they're not good right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. I just- I just thought of, like, a couple reasons why the impossible and um, Penguin Bloom are different. Okay, so firstly, the impossible is way more stressful. Okay, the amount of stress that goes through your body while you're watching that movie is unhealthy. It's very stressful. Um, it's also very, like, surreal. Like, you're in the disaster while it's happening. You're not in the aftermath. That's interesting. Oh, also, my personal favorite is the genres are different. So if you Google, um, right now, you Google Penguin Bloom, it'll say 2021 drama at the top, okay? And then if you Google The Impossible, it'll say 2012 drama drama at the top. It's very different. It's drama versus drama drama. And, um, yeah, dr drama drama is better 
but like sometimes you gotta settle for just drama but still yeah so if if you need elaboration drama drama is essentially 2020 (laughs) drama is like 2010 or whatever i don't know i didn't exist in 2010 that's a lie i did did but not really jenna skipped like 800 grades okay (laughs) yeah no i am very intelligent for being three years old (laughs) three (laughs) i was thinking like nine years old No, I'm, I'm actually like 800, Ava. I don't know what you're on about. You are making me so much younger 800 right now. years old. Okay. Okay, so you didn't exist in like... What? What? I 10 BC or something? I sleeping. Wait, no. <laughs> I took a nap during 2010. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry. I just like tried counting back in millennia or something. <laughs> And I put you in the BCs for 800 years. <laughs> <laughs> Not just like 10 hundred. Yeah, no, I'm taking Latin as a refresher course. What, does no one else imagine themselves as like a timeless immortal entity? Like, I mean, come on, it's fun. Okay, if you were, I'm sorry, this is off topic, but if you were born in any other, like, ancient time or whatever, or any other civilization era or whatever, I don't know what I'm saying, but pick a time and be born it instead. Which one do you pick? (laughs) Ooh, it wouldn't be before 1700. Like, Napoleonic era Europe, maybe. Like, I don't know if I'd want to be, like, in France during the revolution and, like, the Napoleonic Wars, but, like, those are kind of cool, so maybe. But, like, I like the 1900s, so, like, maybe have me born in, like, 1905, maybe. Like, I can live until, like, the 80s. I don't know. Let's go with that. And you have to live through the wars, though. Yeah, but, like, I wouldn't be drafted, at least. <laughs> so I would probably live through the You would live through the 20s. If I was in the United that States. That would be fun. You'd be, like, 20 in, in the roaring 20s. Yeah, but then I'd be 30 in the 30s. But, like, the roaring 20s, though. You'd be, like, young and fun. So I'm not young and fun now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, that's a joke. I already know the answer to that. (laughs) No, the Roaring Twenties would be cool. Like, I'm so bad because everything that happened in 2020 took away our opportunity to have new Roaring Twenties parties. Like, we can't even celebrate the Great Gatsby being public domain now with a Roaring Twenties party because we're all at home. I think we should, um, when we don't need to wear masks anymore, have a have a flapper party. I don't know, but if I could pick a time period and my social standing, because that's very important, I would want to be like rich in the Renaissance. Oh, that's cool. But like, I don't want to be poor in the Renaissance. No, but rich, yes, rich in the Renaissance would be fun. 
Oh yeah, because then you could be a patron for like all the arts. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think it's so like cool. And like I I don't know. I I like I I like um ancient or just like old Europe more than I like old America and I'm kind of projecting because um, I'm mad at I I US history at the moment AP US history it's being very mean to me um, we had to spend an hour did you not like the Gilded Age? <laughs> okay it, I, I did I, period 6 I'm sorry for people who don't know what A push is it's AP class and it sucks. And <laughs> um, we just finished like the Gilded Age and Reconstruction Era and stuff. Um, and I don't know. It just like I, I remembered the wrong things going into the test and my grade reflected that and it made me very sad. Um, <laughs> and we just did, we had to spend an hour today on a um, DBQ essay, which was really annoying. And and then we and then I watched this movie and it was kind of relaxing to be honest. Yeah, I mean I like the Gilded Age. Like I feel like it's a really good precursor to the 20th century, which is like my bread and butter. 20th century makes me happy. <laughs> but I don't know. I I really like the kind of like push into modernity that was like the 20th century. And the Gilded Age is kind of just really interesting because it's like. Here are literally all the problems we are going to encounter later on, but we're just gonna keep living life like it's normal. Yeah, but modern European history was such a better class, though. In every sense. We watched so many documentaries off of YouTube, it was great. Yeah, but also everything was an essay question. And I'm good at essay questions. <laughs> Yeah, no. And like we didn't have to take it. We, well, we didn't have to take any exam. But like even in a normal year, there wouldn't be a big like college exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if you're if you're um if you're still listening right now to our weird tangent about um education, um and you have taken um U.S. history or modern European history, tell us in the comment section below. Which one you think is better? And um, if you don't think it's a push, or if you don't think if you think it's a push, I'm sorry. If you think it's a push, I will dislike your comment. Don't take it personally. Jenna can probably undislike it. Um, <laughs> if you think it is modern European history, I will like it. <laughs> and Jenna will. And like, like, I just want to say like. But, like, the classes we took, like, our Euro class was probably better than, like, A-Push in general. Just because AP classes are I interesting. That's AP weird. sucks. Yeah, so, like, our Euro class was nice because we actually got to, like, sit in each topic and it, it was really interesting. We could take a few extra days to really get into it. But then with the AP class, it's just... Nope, you're running. Too bad if you think it's interesting. You don't get to look at any of these documents in full and really analyze them. You do that on the test. Bye. Yeah, we did. We did Civil War in one day. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, how is any of this related to the movie that we were supposed to be talking about? You might be asking. In all fairness, it's not. Um. <laughs> 
It's our podcast. We do. It but yeah, we we did the the we we did a push today, and then I went to eat lunch, and and I watched this movie, and I kind of unwinded or unwound unwound from um from the trauma that was um a push, and it was it okay. This movie was chill. I I'll give it that. It was like nice to just like have a chill movie for once because recently we've been just kind of watching like kind of crazy movies because like last time it was an action movie and then what the time before that was um we can be heroes i think that one was just like a acid trip to be honest and then um and then we had uh what was it oh wonder woman that was an action movie soul was chill it's been like three weeks since we watched a chill movie, and um, it was it was nice. I think I think if you want to like, I, I don't know. I, I think I mentioned this with the life ahead when we did that episode. Um, by the way, if you're not listening to this on YouTube, um, we have 14 episodes <clears throat> on our YouTube channel that are not on um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Um, if you want us to upload them, we can. Just, like, comment down below. If you want to just, like, scoot on over to YouTube and watch them there, you can also do that. Either one works. And do whatever makes your heart happy. But yeah, we did an episode on The Life Ahead, which came out in, like, November or something, if I'm remembering correctly. And, um... Yeah, I think it was November. Yeah, and, and so we... I, I kind of compared it to a good movie to watch on, like a rainy day when it's not like super rainy but it's like chill rainy like rainy to the point that you can't really do anything but also it's not like super dark out and it's but it's like cloudy you you know you know what i'm talking about i'll just you know what i'm talking about and i feel like this is another one of those kinds of movies so like it's like you wouldn't want to spend a nice sunny day on this and it's not really a nighttime movie. I guess it could be, but like, it's not the kind of movie you want to spend a really nice day out on. But, a kind of muggy day, and you just want to chill, it's a great movie for that. Yeah, and I mean, today was a little snowy, which, I mean, kind of contrasted with, like, Australia, but like, you know, it, it kind of set a good vibe, but, okay. So, I was chilling, watching this movie, and then there was this scene where the kids get sick. And oh. I hated yeah. that scene. Like, that that was just not good at all. And, like, I kind of got biased to not like this movie because of that scene. And I was just sitting here, and I was like, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. <laughs> like, that's just my thing. It, like, against movies that do that to me. So then this movie wasn't that chill for me anymore because I was like, I don't even feel that great now. I don't know. The kids were annoying for me for the whole time, but that just kind of further solidified their annoyance because they, like, yeah. puked. Like, I mean, children are annoying, but then when it comes to, like, bodily fluids, they're more annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't do bodily fluids. It's like, ew, don't, ew. That, that, that bothers me. I just don't do vomit. I dislike it. Like, in any capacity, like, something's going on, you can tell me, but, like, if you're gonna throw up, that's someone <laughs> else's 
problem. I'm sorry. I am not dealing with that. Like, I will, like, freak out and I'll make you feel worse. <laughs> not your fault. But, like, if you, if you throw up around me, I, I just have to tell you now, I probably won't help. Didn't somebody, like, I'll feel bad about it. <laughs> Didn't somebody, like, throw up at our school in the hallway recently? Oh wait, you're you're oh. remote gang. <laughs> yeah, no, but that did happen another time. And I don't remember if it was this year or if it was last year, but I do remember that happened and I was like, I pretend I do not <laughs> see it. It does not exist. <laughs> and then there was another story of someone throwing up in their mask and I was like, nope, nope, that happened? Oh, you didn't hear no! <laughs> Someone apparently threw up and they were wearing the mask because they were in school. So it was all in their mask. And then they moved their mask and it all fell off. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. <sighs> okay, I... Oh, wait, I, I should not ask that question. I was just gonna ask. <laughs> uh, why do people just keep throwing up at our school? <laughs> Honestly, know, like, they're, they're probably like on something. Um, I don't know who did it. I don't know who who was responsible. They could have been sick. But also, I feel like if you're like in a vomity kind of sickness, you just don't go to school. But I know there are people who go to school drunk or go to school high, and I feel like that could also potentially result in somebody um vomiting inside their mask. And I'm not. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I feel like that might have been what happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in one case it was a freshman, so like, I don't Ew, know. Ew, freshman! Like, <laughs> yeah. But like, I also know that sometimes, like, especially with elementary schoolers, it's like, there, there's no feasible way. Like, the parents are like, oh, well, if we get them to school, they'll be okay and we can go to work. And it's not a problem, and like, there's a nurse there. But then they send them, and like within like 20 minutes, they're sick and they have to be sent back home mm -hmm. again. So, I don't know. Just, but like, stop showing people throwing up in movies, please. I, I, I won't like your movie. I watched a whole video on how they do fake vomit from movies. It's actually really cool. Um, it was on Instagram. It was on Insider, I believe. Um, and they like show. It was like. They showed how they mix it up and how they do different colors for different, like, things. Like, they're like, oh, we'll add strawberries if it's supposed to be bloody. Um, <laughs> and so, so they said stuff like that. And then they were like, we changed the, um, how liquidy it is for, um, for the different types of vomit. So if it's supposed to be, like, just, like, a blech kind of vomit, we'll just make it, like, chunky and we'll have them keep it in their mouth for the scene and then they'll spit it out. Um... And then they were like, but if we're doing projectile vomit, typically we want it to be more liquidy. <laughs> and so we'll put a hose on their mouth and then they'll just projectile. <laughs> no, like I just hated <laughs> every word that came out of your mouth. And I'm going to kindly ask you to never repeat that in front of me. But it's cool though. <laughs> I did not need to hear about hoses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, 
don't know. I feel- I don't remember what they said it was made out of, but I feel like mashed- mashed bananas is a good guess. Oh, no, no, <laughs> Ava. Ava, you don't understand how much banana bread I make. I do not need this in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> anyways, um, how this is related to the movie is because vomit. Um, well, obviously. Um, I mean, I don't know. I if if compared to like. Okay, I don't want to compare it to The Impossible again, but The Impossible was disturbing in terms of, like, actual gore. Like, I mean, there wasn't- I feel like there probably was vomit at some point, because they were in, like, a weird hospital. But th there was- her- remember when I mentioned she had a leg injury? It was literally like- Yep. Uh, like, her calf was, like, sliced off and flapping off of her leg. <laughs> it was- it was like that. That game. That that was problematic for me. But it it wasn't her foot though. That I can't deal with in movies. I don't know why. But in movies, when people cut their toes or something, I cannot do it. Especially if like it's wet too. <laughs> like we watched a movie with um. God, what's her name? The, who's the who's the actress in um Twilight? I can't remember. Oh, 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 like... Yeah, Bella. yeah, what's her name? Uh... Why can't we remember her name? This is- this is a- this is a big problem! Because we're supposed- Stuart? Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart! Yes! So she was in this movie and it was- she was underwater in this thing and it was like the- the big bad guy was Cthulhu or something, I don't know, it was weird. Um, but like, at the beginning, she, like, has this cut on her toes, and she's walking through, like, a quarter of an inch of water the whole time. And it wasn't a big cut, but that bothered me so much. That is, like, the thing that I am most squeamish about when it comes to movies, is, like, foot cuts. Remember that part in 1917, when one of them, like, got their hand cut? Yes. But then it's the same hand that gets, like, Oh, yeah, 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 body. that was bad, but it, it was in his foot. If that was his foot, oh my god. <laughs> I would have lost it. Uh, 1917 is such a good movie. I, I should rewatch 1917. You know what, um... What I was- uh, 1917 reminds me of the Oscars, and I was looking at Oscar predictions. Um, cause they haven't done nominations. The Oscars are happening in April, as of right now, that's when they schedule. Hmm. Um, and I saw that, um, a certain actor from Ma Rainey's is predicted, um, at least to be nominated for Best Actor, and that made me really happy. Um, it's not like confirmed, but it's a prediction, and I feel like it's a deserving prediction, and I'm very pleased. If you didn't listen to our episode about Ma Rainey's, that's a good one too. Go listen to that. It's pretty great. Good movie. If you haven't watched Ma Rainey's, then I don't know where you are. With oh my life. god, that's like that's like a sin. That's a problem. You need to watch that. Um. <laughs> um. Okay, I did. 
See, see, movies have been making me sad lately. Specifically one movie that's coming out eventually at this point. It's called Cherry and I've been really, really, really excited about it. And I thought it was gonna be up for streaming and movie theater at the same time. Um, so I thought I was gonna be able to stream it on February 26th. Um, but it's, it's not gonna be streaming until March 12th, and I literally had a meltdown about this yesterday when I found out, because I miss the movie theater so bad, and Cherry looks so good, and I've been so excited for it for so long, and now I'm just, like, sad about it. And so I've been, like, anxiously looking at the Oscar nominations to make me feel better. <laughs> but it's not, well, not nominations, predictions, but still. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited because you know what else is happening in April? What? That's a rhetorical question. My favorite book ever in the history of the world, and then a kind of inferior book that's related to it, is getting adapted into a Netflix show, and I am so excited, and they dropped pictures from the set today, and I was like, I am too excited, I need to like lay down, but no, I watched this what movie. What book is it? Um, the show is called Shadow and Bone because it more follows the, the slightly inferior one, but the good book is called Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, mm. and it is. My favorite book series Amazing. is getting adapted into a Netflix show, but I don't think they're starting filming until, like, the summertime. I still have to read Lockwood and Yeah, Bone. you do. It's a, it's a good book. I, I've been trying to get my sister to read it. <laughs> um... She has not finished it yet. I don't know. That that book was really immersive because, like, well, I don't know why this happened. And I don't know if it's just because I was hallucinating, but there's this one scene that involves a lot of blood. And I started to smell blood while I was reading it. That was pretty cool. Oh. Not mildly concerning. Well, it was cool. Let me live. <laughs> Um, well, anyways, I think that we're coming up on time, and the people listening, if they've made it this far, are probably sick of hearing us talk at this point. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Also, um, if you have any, like, recommendations or anything for future videos and stuff, because we do regular videos on our YouTube channel, um, every Sunday-ish, unless we have issues, um... So you can leave a recommendation down below. Um, if you have any specific upcoming movie requests, uh, you can leave your recommendations down below. We do everything. We do a new episode every Wednesday-ish, unless we have an issue. Um, and if you're not listening on YouTube, that's cool because guess what? If you are listening on YouTube. We're not only on YouTube anymore. <laughs> the amount of times I just said YouTube in the last sentence is kind of problematic. But yeah, we have, um, uh, we're up on other platforms. So if you are listening there, hi, welcome to the family. Um, that's pretty exciting. If you want us to upload more of our old episodes, uh, you can let us know that too. Um, and yeah, so... Jenna, anything to add? Um, bird cool, but why? <laughs> okay, bye guys. Bye.